0: Sex Positive Talk, where shame ends and nothing is off limits. Brought to you by Advocating for Sex Positive Education and Consent Culture, EmpoweredHearts.com, and GTFORadio.ca. I'm your host, Angel, queer Femby sexuality educator, and sex coach. Supporting the radio show. Um, they also now have this really cool community called GTFO on, on life.ca. Gotta check it out. There's lots of cool things on there as well. Um, guess what? We have a space. I'm so excited. Uh, I know that when we wrapped things up last year, um, and, you know, over the summer, we've been griping about the loss of the space, and it's really weighed heavily on the volunteers, the educators, the board, and our community in general. And um, one of the local adult clubs out here Aurora social club here in Edmonton donated space. So we have space. There will be some changes, because we're sharing the space, of course. Um, So there will be changes to the programming and whatnot, but the pleasure cruise ramped up. We had our first Taste of Kink. It was amazing. So thank you to all the volunteers that showed up for that and that kind of thing. And speaking of Taste of Kink, our topic today is talking about the community, whether you're just getting into kink or you're exploring polyamory or, you know, you're starting to hot wife or do group sex. There's always these communities around these sex positive things. And it can be so incredible when we find that community, um, to find it and to be able to participate and to feel welcome in those spaces. It can be a really incredible experience. And then that said, It can also have a few drawbacks, and I think it's really important for people who um, are maybe going through these things, or have already gone through, you know, kind of that disillusionment phase, or just finding the community, and you're so excited to understand that it's still made up of people, and those people still come with all their personalities, and all the different, you know, politics and, and backgrounds and cultures and all of those things. So um, like any community, it's going to have like its ups and downs and that's okay. That doesn't detract from the beauty of community. And I want to talk a little bit about why it is so important to have access to a sex-positive community when you're exploring these things. And then later on the show, we'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges that other people have reported facing and that we've experienced ourselves. And of course, we're going to follow it up with some information on places that you can go to find your community. Um, of course, I'm broadcasting out of Alberta, Canada. So if you're a little further away, we're going to have to be a little more creative in our in our research giving, but there's always community I have found community in little towns of 900 people, and in great big metro. metro wow, I can't even say the words. Um, in great big cities, anyways, I'm so excited. Um, so super cool there, and I just can't tell you how much it meant to me when I first encountered the community. Um, I was man in my early 20s when I got on the internet for the very first time. Um. And Previously, we had to like go sneak into the libraries and look at the adult books when the librarian wasn't looking, and so being able to access information face to face with other people was just astounding. And I went to a conference, and at that time I was predominantly in the kink arena, um, so I went to a few conferences that were all about kink. Went to a couple campouts where it was like a, you know, four day weekend with other people who were also kinky. And I have never learned so much. I have never felt so relieved in finding people that also thought and felt the way I did about things like bondage and spanking and wanting a little bit of power play and and role-playing to to happen in a relationship. Is previous to finding the community, it's really easy to feel like you're out there on your own. And a lot of the information you find comes from books, it comes from fantasy, from, like, Lord help us, movies and, and, you know, television. And that can be really problematic. Um, I know I had some really complicated ideas about what BDSM looked like, what my role would have to be in it, and how to approach it. And without the community, I think I would have stayed in a pretty toxic relationship thinking that what we were doing was just healthy kink um, Without the community I wouldn't have known how to communicate my boundaries or how what the expectation is for when you communicate those boundaries And then of course there's the skill sharing um, in the kink community there's a lot of you know fun activities we do that the more skills you have with those activities of course the more fun it's going to be for everybody um, and being able to take those classes and learn those skills was was pretty incredible and i highly encourage you if you're you know looking to explore kink to get out there and find your community and see what kind of information you can find um i can't recommend it enough when i first started getting into stepping outside of that whole idea of strict monogamy um in a relationship we also found a community where experienced people and new people like us were learning the ins and outs of ethical non-monogamy and what that looks like. And I was so impacted by the sharing of that information that um, we started going to conferences and I changed and shifted some of my education to incorporate more research into other types of relationships and and what does the research show about people who are polyamorous or who do have open relationships or who swing or engage in group sex? And it was all very positive. Um, and now my partner and I, we actually teach some of those classes. So, I mean, it's important to me that that information accessible, that there isn't some secret place you have to go to find the information so that people can do things safely and with integrity, that in a way that's meaningful to them. Um, that's my pitch for a relation, for having a relationship with a community. And I know there's quite a few people who have, are still like, they're, they're, they're going to be part of, you know, whatever community they found for the rest of their lives. They just feel good there and they fit. And I think that's incredible. And I know there's also people who will join one community and find it doesn't quite fit and find another. And I also know that community is changing and it's changing at different speeds depending on where you live. Um, Nowadays it's a lot more inclusive, which is, I mean, great. I love it. It's for me, that's a really good fit Um, for somebody who is still awkward around anyone who might, you know, be different from them in ways they're not expecting. um, That can be more challenging, I'm sure, but I view it as growth. Growth. When we see communities become more inclusive, and I view it as growth. When we see communities get so large that they end up separating into three new communities. To me, that's a sign that the community is growing to fit the people that are in it, rather than being some sort of, you know, corporate enterprise that we'll have to try and fit into. And I think that's the beauty of it. If you're looking for a kinky or sexy community, um, there's lots of places to check. I'm sure you already have Googled, because Google is your friend. If you're in Alberta, um, there's some really good resources through groups like CAPC. I know that the um, Get the Fuck On Life, so GTFOONLife.ca, is amassing an incredible amount of resources. An ASPEC, which is the nonprofit that Sex Talk is with, which is ASPECC.ca, um, Alberta Sex Positive Education Community Centre, they have got a ton of resources on places that you can go and find information, and uh, don't be scared to search on Facebook. I was pleasantly surprised that there are still several Facebook groups that are active, for people who are learning about polyamory, who are learning about hot wiping, who are exploring bondage. Um, but whatever you're exploring, and whether you're doing it with books or videos or finding that sense of community, finding other human beings that, that are exploring the same things you are so that you can both learn and teach at the same time, um, no matter how you're exploring it, make sure that you're trusting your own instincts as to the information you find. Because whether it's a famous author or um, a big name presenter coming to like a kink or or a polyamory conference, or someone who owns a club, or even someone like me who, you know, can give you a list of certifications, it doesn't matter. This This is our sex lives. This is personal. And if it's not fitting for you, you're allowed to make things fit for you, providing you're doing it with the consent of the people that you're doing it with. So if you go to a a conference or, or you go to a polyamory support group or a swingers club and one of the rules don't jive with you or something an experienced person says, it's just like the opposite of what feels good to you. That's okay. They're talking about their experience, their values, their relationships. So you take what you can use And you leave the rest and you go and get more information. And, you know, by the time you're my age, you'll have a ton of sources that you've drawn little bits and pieces from and made them your own. So again, doesn't matter who you're listening to, you're going to follow your heart because these are relationships. This is our sex life. Uh, so community or no community, we got to do the things that mean something for us. If you like the show and you kind of want to support it, you can text "give" to five eight seven two zero zero three nine seven nine. That's text the word "give" to five eight seven two zero zero three nine seven nine. I'm gonna smack you into some music consensually, of course, and we'll be right back. If I talk, this is Angel. I'm broadcasting today for Alberta Sex Positive Education Community Center. That's www.aspecc.ca. And we're talking about community and not like the kind of community, you know, like going to church. Although I've heard from people that it has a similar feeling of cohesiveness to it, of support, but those sexy communities that we tend to reach out to when we're exploring fun things like kink, swinging, group sex, hot wifing, all that fun stuff. Um, So earlier, I was talking about all the wonderful aspects of finding community and how important it is to have all that really good information. And I do have a guest coming to share some Some of the other side of things, um, but they got caught up in traffic, so they're running a little late, so just be patient for them. So I'm going to rearrange things a little bit here. Um, One of the things that comes up a lot when I talk to people who are fairly new but have already gotten really involved with their local community is they talk about fracturing and they talk about rifts in the community. And I I don't actually agree. I think that as our groups get bigger that there's going to be a lot more space in that, that community to notice differences. And so you might have, you know, group different ideologies in that group, sort of different styles of doing the way they do things. And they might be more comfortable only hanging out with people that share that style. So when we're talking about all these changes that happen, so if you're, you know, hanging out in your kink community or you go to, you know, your polyamory meetings every week and then all of a sudden you notice half the members are like, don't go to that one, go to this one, that's okay. And that's just a natural human thing that we do where we, we tend to want to create something that really fits us that makes us feel great. And anthropologically speaking, I don't know if there's any other um, info geeks out there like me, but anthropologically speaking, when groups get to a certain size, they do split off. And that's because we only have the capacity to find the sameness in a certain amount of people. So um, a really close group will typically be 15 to 25 people before it'll split into two groups. And then a larger group gets to be about 100, 150, and it splits off. And then when we're thinking about um, a more general community, those numbers just continue to go up like that, where if you get so many, people start to go, well, those aren't quite the same as these, and which one do I fit into? Now, do I think it would be great if we could all just be supportive of one another? Absolutely. Um, But that's not always the way it's going to be, and that's okay. Something else I hear from people, especially in the kink community, is that they'll meet, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Donnelly Thunderkunt or whatever. And um, you know the ones I'm talking about. And they will refuse to allow. They're very new to the idea of kink or power exchanges or you know, ethical non monogamy partner to access the community. And I would challenge this by saying that if somebody's telling you that you don't have the right to access information, that sounds an awful lot like the power and control wheel. And there is a lot of good information out there, a lot of bad information, and a lot of good information, a lot of stuff that'll fit, and a lot of things that won't. So again, that whole sense of community is is going to mean something different to different people. And that means it's going to mean something different to you. And then my other thing about community is whenever we're talking about any sort of community, and um, particularly in the adult arena where we are so stigmatized still in mainstream society, um, a lot of us can't tell our families that we're doing the things that we do. And like, for instance... um, I'm the oldest person now in my family and all the of age folk know what I do that are related to me because I'm pretty open about what we do and I don't have, you know, elderly parents and grandparents to be angry or disapproving if they know that I'm so heavily involved in teaching in the community and in sharing what little knowledge I have and in supporting people, whether they're new in the community or they've been here forever. My partner, however, does have a very large, robust family. And it, it wouldn't be as helpful for him if he was to be that open. Um, they wouldn't be, they'd be put in a position where they have to test their own ideas about morality against their love for him. And so he's chosen not to do that. Um, so when we find communities like this, where it's about sharing the beauty of what is being stigmatized elsewhere, things like consensual kink or consensual swinging or, you know, any of that beautiful stuff where we just get to be who we are and explore and be allowed to have pleasure without being ashamed of it. And I wish that was part of mainstream society, but sadly we're not there yet. Um, so seeing those rifts can be really scary and um, it can, it can really throw a person off. And yet, I want you to consider the last time you saw someone in your community who needed support and how all of those people rallied, even the ones who were talking about, you know, how the community is not the same anymore. And how groups that maybe were quiet before step up and and they run fundraisers. And so even in, in our really complex view of what a community is, that love and that support is there. And it's because each and every one of us have been in this society where the very idea of us having the right to make choices about our bodies, being allowed to choose what kind of sex is meaningful for us, even if it's not missionary, um, you know, cishet man with cishet girl to create 2.2 babies and a mortgage, um, even if that's not the idea, that we're loved and we're respected And we're celebrated with the people in our community, even the people out there I don't agree with, um, who, you know, say or do something that we just can't hang out and be friends because we're just on different sides of very personal topics. I can still take joy in knowing that there is a community that is supporting them. And hopefully they can take joy in knowing there's a community that supports me, because That is what the whole point of community was in the first place. When we go way back and we take a look at what some of the first kink communities looked like, it was about feeling connected to people who understood the same experiences, the same thoughts. And that's an incredibly powerful thing. And I would argue that that is why the kink clubs and the sex clubs and the whatnot are always filled with people who look incredibly happy as compared to if you just go to a club. It's because we know we're somewhere where we're allowed to just be who we are. And that we have the support of the people around us, even if they don't particularly and personally agree with us or like us or, you know, want to have time with us. And that's an incredible thing. So if you're coming into the community and you're trying to find you know, who to talk to and where to look, or you're finding that one particular club's just not a good fit for you, or one particular social group, there's somebody you just can't stand, go to a different one. And if there isn't a different one, build it. Because if you're uncomfortable, someone else is uncomfortable, and they will come and hang out with you. And that is, I don't know, I think it's one of the most amazing things that I've learned in both the kink and the non-monogamy communities is that there's space for everybody and as long as you can respect that other people also have the right to be in spaces where they feel comfortable there's always somewhere you could go there's always people you can find you only want to do things online there's groups that only do things online you only want to do things in person well there's groups for that you like dressing up like furries do and you want to hang out in great big puppy and rabbit piles there's groups for that you know really like feet there's a group for that and it's incredible and valuable and it goes a long way to undoing some of the pain of the shame that we were taught to have as children or that society might be trying to give us Or, you know, the the boundaries and masks and stuff that we've got to put on when we're out and about in society or at family dinners or at work. To be able to just strip all that off, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively, and just have joy in yourself and the people around you can remind you of the purpose of being here. And that, my dear friends, is the power that you can find in community. Um, if you want it, of course. So we're going to talk a little bit here more about the clubs because I'm so excited. Um, we do have another Taste of Kink coming up in November, so make sure you check out the calendar. We're calling for volunteers to help host all the sexy, fun times. So if you're interested, check out our website. Make sure that you fill out a volunteer application. It's all available right there on the website, which is aspect.ca, A-S-P- And um, if you want to be friendly and donate to the show, you can text the word GIVE to 587-200-3979. I'm going to kick you over to some music, and when we come back, we're going to have a little listen to what Veronica has to say about community. Mm -hmm. Sex Talk, this is Angel, and I'm broadcasting out of Alberta Sex Positive Education and Community Centre, that's A-S-P-E-C-C dot C-A. And before I ramp us right back up, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple of exciting things that are going on these days for the nonprofit. We just launched a really cool program teaching social skills around building healthy relationships and that kind of thing for the youth group. And next month, we're starting our social skills for sex and intimacy for the adult group. So that's pretty cool. And uh, also wanted to give a big shout out to we've got a brand new board member. So Anne, if you're listening, welcome to the crew. Um, So folks, today at Sex Talk, we've been talking about community. And um, as you know, I can talk a real good game about how beautiful community is. And it is. And please don't hesitate to go out there and find your community and have the experience. With me today is my very dear friend, Veronica. Um, welcome to the show, Veronica. I'm glad you made it.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to turn up your microphone. Uh-huh. Okay, there we go. And uh, yeah. From there. Oh, I see. It's my microphone that's jacked and not yours. There we go. And from there, Veronica, I know you and I, because I knew Veronica and introduced Ronnie pretty much to the community. I think I was the community that you got involved <laughs> with first because Mark and I were hosting a little community group way up north. Um, but yeah, I drag, I drug it. Uh, well, Kicking and screaming, not at all, to Edmonton. And we've talked about this a lot. So, what thoughts do you have for folks about community?
1: Uh, I think you've kind of started to sum it up in terms of it being a great place for people to sort of discover themselves and discover BSM and kink and whatever it is that they're into. Um, I think some of the challenges that people can run into is when you're talking about something that's so intensely personal, like uh, sex, which is what we're talking about, right? When yeah. you're talking about something so personal, you kind of have an idea in your mind about what that's supposed to look like. And people don't always jive with that idea in your mind. What? They don't really want to fuck like I do? So one of the challenges that we can that I've found and that I personally experienced when I started to join the community is sort of peeling away that, that rose colored layer of what community is supposed to be or what these people are in the community are supposed to be or what these are. When she roles says are.
0: people, she actually means me. No,
1: <laughs> no I'm just picking on you. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, it's one of the things that when I was doing, um, newbie classes that I like to sort of reiterate and hammer into people's head is like, people are just people. And just because someone has a title or has experience, it's not that you can't respect them and their experience, but, um, you also need to be aware that they are just people and people make mistakes and people have different lives than you. And they're not always going to live up to your expectations. And that's okay. And that's not your fault. And it has nothing to do with you. And it doesn't even
0: really have anything to do with them. It's that when we have people that we hold in high esteem like that, like people that come into our lives, and they, if there are like, leaders, whether they want to be or not, we, we put them on that pedestal. Mm-hmm. And so when they do act like a human being, it can be crushing, like really crushing. And I personally have experience with that, and I know you do as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why I make the joke that it's me, because, yeah, there was a time when that was me, that you had to deal with the fact that I'm a fucked up, flawed human, just like everyone else.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It's uh, it's just one of those things, you know? It's sort of like, you can't really look at... This is going to sound horrible. <laughs> well, I can't wait. <laughs> you can't look at the community as your friends. You might find friends in the community that you can, you know, live your life with and you grow really close to, but the community is not your friend.
0: I think that is a beautiful distinction. So earlier today, when I was talking about community to all you wonderful folks, I was talking about the the very large organism. And how being involved with it can can be mind-blowing. It can be life-changing. And it definitely has a wealth of information out there. I wasn't talking about the specific individuals that make up that community.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The community is not your friend. The community is a resource. It's a great resource. It can be a great resource. It's a good tool. It's a great place to start. But it is... Exactly that. It's a resource. It's a tool. And just because you might not use that tool in the same way somebody else does doesn't mean that you're using it wrong. Or right. Or write.
0: <laughs> right. You're just doing what's working for you in the moment. And that's okay. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel, do you remember in kindergarten when they taught you to say, oh, well, I can't have this right now. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that a lot when I'm when I'm talking about this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I know the other day we were talking about how the community is like incredible when you're new, but once you find your partners, sometimes less so. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah. Uh like I said the community is a great place to start, but uh, and it, and like I said it is a tool. So once you sort of have gathered that information that you need that information that you have found helpful that have helped you be maybe a little bit safer in your play or introduce you to something that you haven't tried before that you really like once you sort of have that information it's not necessarily about stopping um, and not taking any more information in but you don't need to really utilize that resource and that tool as often because you have found what you need from it. You know, you you learn math, you know, your pluses and your minuses in school, and then once you know, you don't have to study that much anymore about math. You just use it when you need it.
0: And as you develop more resilience in your relationships, as your communication skills grow, as you're able to navigate those things without the ongoing support of mentors and whatnot, often you no longer need the community as much as you do. And I think I mean, I was always really disappointed when you and your significant, um, one significant person Mm -hmm. dropped out of the community because I miss having you there all the time. (laughs) And I'm stuck there all the time. Although like to be fair, folk, like that's my choice, right? Um, But my partner and I find the same thing. We don't go to the community for the same reason that we used to. Whereas before we were going for answers, we were going for information. We were going so that we could have more books on our bookshelf to figure out how we were going to do our own life and our own relationship. And now I'm in the community because um, it meant so much to me to have access to that information that I want to give back. And um, I, I really want to give back in a way that allows people to get those boundaries in the beginning, instead of having to go through a bunch of trauma to get those boundaries. So that's, like, the thing for me. And there's other people who've been in the community for, like, ever. Mm -hmm. um, And I feel like they kind of can be sorted into four groups, right? You're you're perpetual players that just like to have lots of partners. So they're always looking for someone new to play with. And I don't know if there is such a thing as sexual ADD, but I think some people have it, (laughs) (laughs) right? And that's fine. And I have, like, no issues with that. And I think in the group sex community, it's probably a bit different because that's part of the thing but when i'm talking about like the kink community or the more support-based polyamory community it's usually when you're building your relationships you're there so your newbies your people who have relationship add like they're not picking up the skills very fast so they they're not able to utilize them or or, um folks that are teaching and the predators yeah Yeah, you're waiting for (laughs) me to say it. veronica's like nodding like you gotta say it and like and i can't I can't stress this enough. Um, One, most people, I think, in the community that do things that are fairly predatory, I don't think that they get up in the morning and go, Mwahaha, I'm going to go find some prey. Although a couple do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we actually know a couple that, um, a couple individuals we've come across who use that language when they're talking about targeting newbies. I think most of them are just... Making mistakes because of a really hardcore set of beliefs about their entitlement to other people's bodies, their entitlement to sexual gratification, and um, or a lack of empathy or many other things. So not saying that there's a bunch of people with horns in the community, but it is like any other community. You've got helper types and leader types and follower types and narcissistic types and gaslighter types. And, you know, so just be aware That when you're new and navigating, you do have to look out for your safety and don't, don't trust someone else more than you do your own gut.
1: Yeah, it all just, for me, it all just comes back to their people. Everybody is a person. So would you treat someone that you just met on the street? Would you give them that amount of access to your body just because they said that they knew what they were doing?
0: (laughs) and if so no shame for you (laughs) if that's your jam that's your jam right it's like i want to be clear this isn't sex shaming in any way shape or form um i think group sex is an incredible adventure but you're probably not just going to walk up to somebody who's setting off every alarm in your body that you had just met outside of the community and do the same things that we see people do with famous presenters and like folk I, I don't have words for how many times I've had people tell me, because we talk about this, if you're really experienced and you have a predilection for playing only with new people, you need to think about that. Like why? Because that person doesn't have as many boundaries in place. They don't have enough knowledge to keep themselves safe. And, uh, you know, being able to explore that and sit with that and maybe work on that is a really important thing. And as a new person coming into the community, when I explain that to you, that if someone experienced, like myself, is like, hey, you want to come play with me? That should be a red flag. And they're like, well, I want to play with the experienced person. Well, same thing. Why? Why do you want to play with a more experienced person? And sometimes it's about safety. Like if you're doing something like rope or you want to get fisted for the first time, maybe you want to do that with somebody who's done it a couple hundred times. So, you know, you're not going to be in the hospital after.
1: Uh, I think I can understand it more from a newbie's side. Um, Yeah, not that saying that it's a good behavior, but I understand it more because of that, that veneer, that sheen that newbies have when they come into the community about what it's going to be like. And if you are looking to fulfill that fantasy that you've had for however long, you want it to be good, right? So you're going to seek out the experienced person to make it good even though that's not how real life works and that's not how the community works. But I understand that. You can have sex
0: with a hundred people with vaginas and still not know that a clitoris is more important than the vaginal opening. Yeah. But just saying. (laughs) And same with spankings. Like, I mean, I've gotten and given spankings to people who are experienced and people who are new. And I don't really find it's the amount of time in the community that changes things. It's their respect for other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, experienced people playing. I get it. I I do get it some uh in some points because it's fun to play with new people cuz a lot of times they give you just great energy back, you know? They're <laughs> so excited to be doing the thing a lot of times for the first time and that's great energy. But it's about taking that energy and appreciating it and not putting your own expectations on it not looking for something to go further than that because you know if you've been in the community for a long time that people don't keep that amount of energy so you're already setting yourself up to fail if you're continually going after newbies because of the energy they give you
0: unless you can learn how to to bring a different kind of energy yeah, into the relationship, and and that takes us to what we're going to be talking about here pretty soon. Um, so we've got some new shows coming up. I have, I do have someone coming to join us um, a week after next. We're talking about um, mismatched sex drives, and then two weeks after that, I have someone coming to talk about how to rekindle um, passion in a relationship. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Because it'll not be me talking. So, like, that'll be super interesting for me. Um, So, for folks who just joined us, you're listening to Sex Talk, and GTFO Radio has been incredible by allowing us to have this space to, you know, share what little knowledge we have and make the mistakes right here live on air. Um, Because, you know, that's always a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And today we were talking about community, and I talked a great deal about the benefits of finding community, and I stand behind that. Um, and I don't disagree with anything that Veronica has added to the pile here. You do need to be careful about your expectations and manage them and be prepared that the people that you're looking up to and going, wow, they're going to fuck up. And some of them are going to fuck up big. And, um, yeah, sorry, we're all humans. Um,
1: and you as a newbie, you're going to fuck up. And some of you are going to fuck up big. (laughs) I was just going to add that they fu- um if they do fuck up it's not your job to necessarily forgive them.
0: No, absolutely not.
1: So like it's um, it's okay people do make mistakes but it doesn't mean that you as the person Oh god, I'm glad you threw that in there. <laughs> yeah. So
0: like in my mind I'm like really clear on that so I just assumed that everybody was hearing that but no, absolutely um ever Like, I don't care if it's in the kink community or not. Somebody does you wrong. It doesn't matter how apologetic or remorseful and how much they try to fix it. You are not ever obligated to forgive that person. That's not your job. That's, I mean, if you, if you have that kind of, you know, thinking where you're like, well, whatever, it was an accident. I get it. Don't do it again. That's fine. Um, but being, being somebody who's being viewed as a leader, you should have more responsibility, um, I mean, I know I try to, and I have Veronica around to keep me honest about it. So that's really good. <laughs> and trust me, she does, which is awesome. Um, and I mean that, like, sincerely, just to be clear. But even even with all that support, it still goes on me to be extra careful about how I act, particularly with people new to the community that don't know the language, that don't know the rules yet. That's just how that is. Um, so, Yeah. Good, good catch there. Uh, so you got like thirty seconds, and then I got to kick us off to to our parting song.
1: Uh in terms of just wrapping up, yeah. uh, the community is wonderful and great, and you should absolutely utilize it. But utilize it the same way you would utilize any tool that it's there for your use and to support you. And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Take what you need, and then live the rest of your life. Be respectful and treat people as people. Thank you so much,
0: Veronica. I can't wait to have you back on the show. And honestly, I'm going to be dragging you back soon because you were late for this one. <laughs> uh, for folks listening, you're listening to Sex Talk and you can support us by texting GIVE, that's the word GIVE, to five eight seven two zero zero three nine seven nine. Wishing you all a very sex positive weekend.